VHS files contain spoilers, adult content, and harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. It's showtime. 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 Welcome to the VHS Files Podcast with Jenny Lou. So what do you want to do tonight? Jason. What, what about pizza and movie night? Eric. I want to rent a movie. And Josh. I want to go to a good video store so I can get a good movie. And this is the movie of the week. Get this pizza movie night started. Welcome back, welcome back to the VHS Files podcast. How's everybody doing tonight? Good. Doing great. There's shit falling from the sky and it's frozen. (laughs) (laughs) Which is very foreign in Texas. (laughs) Especially where I'm at. I've never seen like real snowfall, but right now I have straight like slushy machine ice falling from the sky. You may got any cherry syrup. I'll make me a slushy. So if you wake up tomorrow and it looks like Antarctica outside, you'll be a happy boy. You'll finally have seen snow. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to totally reenact the thing tomorrow if I wake up and there's <laughs> snow everywhere. Face your neighbor's dog. Yeah, I'm going to go to my... <laughs> I'm going to go to my parents' house. It's like, we got to do blood test and see who's human and not. <laughs> Slice your thumb down to the bone. <laughs> You wake up tomorrow and there's just white all outside and pose on your bed looking at you just like staring. You're like, holy shit, what happened? If his face like splits open, I'm out. I'm, I'm out this beach. <laughs> all right. Episode 19. Uh, a little bit of in-house stuff we want to talk about real quick. Um, we brought up on the past couple episodes, Jenny and I are getting ready to make our move. We're moving from Florida to Georgia and it's coming up pretty soon. And we've already packed up a lot of our house, but we're getting to the point where we're going to have to finish packing everything else up and getting on the move. And it's going to be a difficult probably month or so for us to kind of keep keep on schedule with the with the podcast for a little bit. So we're planning on doing a few little extra things here and there and putting out some stuff for you guys in the time that we may be down for that. So I don't know if you'll be getting our regular movie of the week episodes for the next little while, but we are planning on recording some minisodes, some horror sections, uh, some a couple of little things that we can uh, kind of schedule and put out during that time that will keep everybody, you know, at least you guys will have something to listen to from us, but our movie of the week episodes are going to are going to take a pause for just a little bit until we can get everything settled and when we get to Georgia and get up there and then we're going to start working on all the new things and ideas that we've been talking about going into the new year and doing some new stuff with the show and picking our movies stuff like that. So we just want to let you guys know what's going on there. So uh, next week will be our last movie of the week, probably until around March or so. But like I said, we will have more stuff for you guys to listen to. It just won't be our full movie breakdowns and the movie of the week until we get back into the full swing of things. Once we get settled in Georgia, I call bullshit. This is the first time hearing of this. <laughs> You're yeah, are you surprised? It's like the, it's like the the store manager coming in that day. Hey guys, just to let y'all know we're sh- we're shutting the store down today. Oh, what? <laughs> I had vacation next week. <laughs> what the hell? You got an extra long vacation now, buddy. Yeah, we got an extra long vacation. But yeah, it's um. Well, we we understand you guys got to get settled and all that stuff. So me and Eric will be here. All right. Well, let's go ahead and kick into it. The movie of the week. Tonight we are talking about Tremors, directed by Ron Underwood, um, released January 19th of 1990, uh, debuted on VHS 
April 1st of 1990. Uh, this was Ron Underwood's first feature-length film. Uh, he would go on to direct City Slickers, Heart and Soul, Mighty Joe Young, and The Adventures of Pluto Nash. <laughs> I haven't seen that, but I've heard Dude, it's terrible. I haven't either. If Eddie Murphy's career wasn't already going down when he did that, it died. Yeah, I do like City Slickers a lot, though. Oh yeah, dude. I have yeah. never seen City Slickers. What? We got to do that. Oh one. my oh, god, yeah. uh, we need to fire our manager. He hasn't seen a lot of these movies that we talk about. Yep. I'm. I'm that was one. Uh, City Slickers was one my cousin liked a lot, and he watched a, a few times, but I never sat down and watched it, and wasn't too big on it. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm totally game for watching it and talking about it here on the show. Uh, as far as Trimmer's budget goes, $10 million budget ended up doing about a $16.7 million budget box office wise, um, or well box office and really considered a bomb. Uh, even though it did make a little bit more money, it did not do the numbers that they wanted it to do. Did not really find its audience until VHS. That's why I bring up the VHS release date is because that's really when Trimmer's kind of hit its stride and people started renting it a lot and it kind of got a, got its cult following from the rental era. So, as I understand it, it did really well on VHS. Yes. Oh, yeah. not just oh, we we made some up on V. It actually really was a, a big hit on VHS. Right. Yeah. Well, you think what what did it do? Spawn like fifteen sequels? <laughs> I think there were that? seven sequels. They just yep. did the seventh one, uh, which I have only seen part two. Uh, I have I've not seen, seen any of the other ones. I think I've seen. Maybe parts of part three, but after that, no. But I think I mean the only one who kind of maintains throughout all of them is Michael Gross, uh, who's right. famous Bert. for family family ties uh, and playing Bert in this. Um, so uh, this was released amongst the lights of Ski School, uh, The Rookie, starring Charlie Sheen and Clint Eastwood. I remember kind of liking that one when I was younger. That was a cool movie. I come in peace, Dolph Lundgren, and you go in peace. The, the third, uh, third Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie, Leatherface, came out around this time. So not a whole lot of big stuff happening around this time when Tremors came out. It uh, for well, January is not usually a really yeah January February is not the best time month. even back then. So, but I mean, we're back in 1990. We just talked 1990 a little bit back in the uh, Home Alone episode, but we're going to throw it over to Eric and see what he's got to say about it this week. We're sending you back in time. Whoa, this is heavy. Well, Josh, in 1990, smoking was banned on all cross-country flights in the United States. Darn. The first ban on, the first ban on smoking in bars in the U.S. was also passed in California that year. Mm. Uh, East and West Germany are reunited after the collapse of the Soviet Union. Uh, some great video games came out in 1990. Super Mario Brothers 3, oh. Mega Man 3, Super Mario World, Final Fantasy 3, F-Zero, Actraiser, and Jenny's favorite, Pesterminator, the Western Exterminator. <laughs> I know you love that one. Uh, George H.W. Bush said, I do not like broccoli. I haven't liked it since I was a little kid and my mother made me eat it and I'm the president of the United States and I'm not going to eat any more broccoli. Uh, and we thought that was the most childish thing a president would ever do. <laughs> How Boy, wrong were we? Were we? Wrong. <laughs> I agree with him on the broccoli. Uh, broccoli is oh, delicious. No. No. Uh, Steamed broccoli is fantastic. I love broccoli. It's little trees. She's chopping broccoli. Yeah, don't you want to be a giant and eat little trees? I do. Yeah. 
And finally, 1990 gave us this classic television commercial. Hit it, Josh. Watch. You just press this button and speak into the air and... I'm having chest pain. (laughs) I'm calling paramedics and your family, Mr. Miller. I've fallen and I can't get up. (laughs) You're sending help immediately, Mr. Miller. I can't get up. Oh, Grandma. Life call and you're never alone. Life call. You're never alone. Wow. So that was a classic. Obviously, it's not funny when old people get hurt, but that commercial is funny. Yeah, that was it's such a pop culture reference for that time, mm-hmm. though. It's just so. I mean, funny. that just for some reason just struck a chord with everyone. Yeah, and yeah. everyone was goofing on it, and it was just. Well, the whole thing I fall and I can't get up. They end up doing that in Family Matters with Steve Urkel. Yeah, yeah. I fall and I can't get up. Can we edit out uh, his Steve Urkel impression? <laughs> no. Can you yes. edit it out of my mind? <laughs> no. <laughs> Did I do that? Got any cheese? (laughs) (laughs) Super Mario 3 was legit, though. Like, you get the Tanuki costume. The Tanuki suit, yeah. Yeah, makes him fly. I love that one. Um, Yeah, it was a good one. I still prefer the original. I gave up after the OG. I never played Super Mario 2 or 3. Wow. I, I just, I left, I left video games behind, man. I don't know what happened. It wasn't until Super Nintendo when I got in, but even when that came out, and like that, I think that's that was the console that Mario Three was on, right? Uh, n- no, it was uh, Super Mario World was on. Ah, uh, okay. SNES. That was when Yoshi comes along. So let's start talking about Tremors. I'm gonna play the trailer real quick, and then we'll start talking. Perfection, a scorched outpost in the middle of nowhere. You know, Population fourteen. <laughs> Maybe that's why Val and Earl. I love that scene. Decided to leave town. Hey, hold up. That's Edgar Deans. They just picked the wrong day to do it. Jeez. You guys better get the hell out of here. There's a killer on the loose. Who could be doing it? Is that a snake? I'll give you boys five dollars for this. Twenty. All right, so Trimmers, does anybody have any nostalgia, childhood memories, first time watch, stuff like that? Let Eric go. He's got his hand up. He's waving all over the place. I didn't see his hand up. Go ahead, Eric. You You can go ahead and kick this one off for us. Uh, yeah, I, I remember, I think I saw this on TV a lot. I think this was on TV a lot, but yeah. I remember watching this with my dad. It was a, a favorite of ours. You know, we liked the humor. Um, I, of course, I loved, th- this is almost like horror light a little bit, and it's a nice, it was definitely a, a gateway film for me getting into horror. I think this movie is kind of important in, in my cinematic journey. Uh and beginning to love horror and 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 just gross out stuff and all the slime in this movie and and but but it's it's the tone is nice and there's a lot of humor so it never gets too scary i think it was just a really nice intro to horror for me as a kid and and i yeah. i you know watching it with my dad and stuff like that it, it definitely you know it, i have a lot of nostalgia for it jason what about you 
Um, this was definitely a rental store thing for me. It was uh, one of those cool things of, like said many times before, I just just random walking through. You look at the box art. Hey, look at this big, scary monster. And it had Kevin Bacon. I'm like, isn't that the guy from Footloose? So I was like, yeah, let's check this movie. And I liked it. I mean, as a kid, I mean, it was definitely, it, it was a fun, not really scary, but I guess a horror genre type movie. But uh, it was just fun. The, like the banter between the two characters, Earl and Val, is great. It's so funny. It. Yeah. yeah. So, but that was my memory. Yeah, it's definitely a rental store pickup. Jenny, do you remember first time you saw this? Not the first time necessarily, but it was definitely something we either rented or watched on TV. Um, maybe watched on TV because there is some language yeah. in this movie that my parents probably wouldn't have wanted me to hear. Um, so, but I, who can remember if it was edited or not? But I remember seeing it when I was little. Yeah, I think this is definitely one of those. It may be like we talked about uh, either last episode or a couple episodes ago where. Uh, one of those where I would go to the video store myself and pick it up and I saw the the box art. I remember this one being, um, I, I used to go hang out with my cousin after school on weekdays and whatnot. And we would, his, uh, his mom would take us, my aunt would take us and get us like boiled peanuts and let us rent a movie or something. So getting right into the, to the start of the movie. I mean, this movie starts almost like a little buddy comedy. You don't really get into the horror feel of this movie until, probably a good 20 minutes into it. You get a little bit yeah. of mystery, uh, some things happening and whatnot, but the, the, the full horror aspect of it doesn't really kick in until a little later in the movie. Instantly introduced to Kevin Bacon and Fred Ward in this Val. And what's, what's uh, Fred Ward's name, Jason Earl Earl. Uh, I like their banter. They're very, they're very good at riffing on one another. Well, everything's a competition with them. Yeah. But it's it's all friendly the whole time. If you've ever worked on a job site with someone or done handyman projects with with a buddy, oh yeah, I think they capture that really well here. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I think all of us have. And and uh, you know, it's it's uh, it's very relatable. Yeah, you know, two blue collar guys that are just they're nice guys. They've maybe they're not exactly where they want to be, but uh, but they've got that friendship, and you know. They don't need a whole lot more, which is nice. Now, I could tell you that this movie, uh, I, I don't think any other movies ever surpa- surpassed this of somebody playing rock, paper, scissors <laughs> that many times in a movie. Yep. In order to get shit done, we're going to rock, paper, scissors this. I don't think there's been another movie with, I, I can't, anybody ever count how many times they do that in this movie? No, I I don't know. It's, but it's a quite like a lot. Five or six, yeah. Dude, it's like every other time. Like, And they don't, they don't need to argue because when when they reach a point where they can't agree they simply let let uh rock paper scissors decide yeah <laughs> it's funny uh, watching them in the banter between them throughout the movie there are moments where they are really at each other's throats but it's very brotherly uh they don't ever get to a point where they're about to you know like duke something out where whereas later with um michael gross's character there's almost a, a fist fight between a couple of them in that but like yeah. Uh, Val and 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 Fred Ward. Uh, God, why can't Earl? Earl. God, I, by the end of the show, I'll remember his name. <laughs> um, but there's always that just friendly banter. But they 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 love that. It's almost like a brotherly sort of thing where they just riff riff each other all the time. Yeah, um, yeah. Earl's like the, the older opener brother. Of, the opener of the movie, you, you've got Kevin Bacon peeing off a cliff. Yeah, which you know <laughs> sets the tone Im- immediately. 
It's not a great first impression to make, like for heartthrob Kevin Bacon, <laughs> like peeing and scratching his ass is not attractive. Well, I, I don't know. I was actually, honestly, before that, I was scared by the logo. Oh, yeah. That because title that card is, is a little weird. Wow. It's like, hey, we're done with the movie. We got to throw a logo together yeah. for a title card. Here. And you're like, wow, is this made in 1974, 72? You know, and then they rush into Kevin Bacon pee- peeing off the cliff. So I was already kind of scared at the first go. I'm like, this is going to be cheesy as hell. I was I, I was able to do a little bit of research in this one. Um, Kevin Bacon was at a point, and this, he even said this blatantly in an interview, like he was running out of money. And this this script fell on his lap, and he was like, "Really, I'm going to do a monster movie?" But he he really got into the the character and and the, the the banter between the two of them, and thought he could have a whole lot of fun with it. But he was really kind of taking a chance on this movie because he was running out of money, and he thought he was about to lose his career because he was not doing very well after after Footloose. He had a handful of box office bombs, and this. Mm-hmm until it found its home video audience really, you know, he was afraid that he had made another bomb and wasn't going to be able to recover from it. I think I'd read somewhere that he actually made a statement that he thought that was the lowest point of his career Yeah, is was doing this movie, but then he would go on to do hollow man. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and it kind well, of, you know, like a little father, he did by the end of this say it was the single most fun time I've ever had making a movie in my entire career. I'm not sure exactly when he said that, but, well, that Clearly also shows you making it after the fact. A lot of times when actors have surpassed their lower regarded work, they are very apt to not even be associated with it anymore and not come back and do interviews when they do, you know, the restorations of film and talking about the production and stuff like that. Usually you don't see someone as, you know, star caliber of Kevin Bacon coming back and actually being willing to talk about that sort of stuff. I mean, he's almost the opposite. It's almost like he doesn't want to talk about footloose and, and his big movies anymore. He's, he, he loved working on tremors so much that it was like, okay, yeah, I'll talk about that because nobody ever asked me about that movie. <laughs> it's always footloose or whatever else it was. Yeah. That's kind of like the member of when we did teen wolf, uh-huh. because Michael J. Fox was went to do back to the future. It's like, he kind of really never wanted to go back and even talk about teen wolf. He's kind of wanted to distance himself from mm-hmm. it. So it's a little bit of that, like Kevin Bacon at first, but then later turns out I actually like this movie. Yeah. Turned out great. I uh, found a little, a little uh, detail on the on the the VHS earnings. It tripled its original box office gross with the VHS sales and rentals. Damn! So that's wow. Pretty wild. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty and and they touched on that a little bit in the in the little documentary thing that I watched. It was called. Uh, something about building perfection or something like that, but it was centered around the town that they they pretty much just had to erect this town in the middle of the desert outside of California. And, uh, they didn't have much of a budget. It was all just stuff that they had to move around. It was very mobile. And, uh, it was really cool to see how they just built this little town. I like when you are introduced to the town in the movie, it says population 14, right on the sign. Like there is a group full of people here that all know each other really well. And that's about it. It's very minimal. This movie, it's almost comparable to like something like the thing you're in a, a remote spot one, you know, it's not one location like the thing is but it's one geographical area that they're having to navigate mm-hmm. yeah you're stuck between two sides of mountains well this where it's filmed is is a pretty cool location too they uh, a lot of movies film there star trek 5 gladiator iron man uh man of steel all filmed there it's in uh wow. 
Lone Pine, California. Mm-hmm. Um, what's interesting is there's only two in, indoor sets in this movie. Most of the most of it's outside and during the day, which is mm-hmm. really unusual. I, I kept thinking of you know watching it this time. I kept thinking of Midsummer because it's just like outside and during the day, like the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that was something that they that the production was really like you know they wanted it to be something that would be out in out in the daylight. And that that caused plenty of issues for them having to do the monster makeup and and deal with all of that and how they would have to shoot that stuff because, uh, like like a movie like Aliens or something like that, you're you've got the the darkness and the light to kind of play around with. Yeah, when you're in yeah, broad you can daylight, hide things like, in the shadows and stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, it makes a, a whole lot more like you you can't you can't let there be a whole lot of strings that you can see because it's very blatantly obvious when you're yeah. right out. In the and open for a moment, like we should mention the the special effects team. Yeah. Um, Alec Gillis oh. and Tom Woodruff Jr., founders of Amalgamated Dynamics Incorporated. Mm-hmm. Um, they did a lot of great movies. Yeah. Jumanji, Alien vs. Predator, Santa Claus, Starship Troopers. I don't know if you'd consider those a lot of great movies. Jumanji's great. <laughs> oh. But a lot of good effects in those movies. Uh, and, uh, you know, there's, I, I watched some, some behind the scenes stuff. Uh, you know, like when the big graboid head is sticking out of the ground, there's like a man puppeteering it inside. Yeah. yeah. Um, the the I love the look of the tentacles, the, the little snake-like tentacles. Mm-hmm, in, yeah. In, like the monster design, just on its own, is amazing. I I love the graboid. I love the way it looks. I love how you don't see the full graboid for a while. You yeah. you just see. You, you just think, think it's the, the little worms. snake snake worm yeah. things. Yeah. And those are like full animatronic. Uh, you know, with like. I guess what you would call like vertebrae, mm-hmm. like robotic little arms, almost like Dr. Octopus's arms. Like they, mm-hmm. they built these things and they were, you know, just really well-crafted. They, like you say, they're in full daylight and they look amazing. They're slimy and gross. And, and even when they had to go to like trick photography with it, like when, when you get the shot of the Graboid's mouth wide open and those coming out, like they mm-hmm. do it pretty seamlessly. Like I think that still looks really good. It moves kind of fast, but I, I yeah. really like that shot of all of them coming out of the mouth. Uh, yeah, there's some open. great, there's some great uh, miniature work too that I think is some of the best miniature work I can recall. It, like you don't realize it's miniature work. I, yeah. I, I you know, uh, at the end, the, the when it shoots out of the cliff, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's right. full. You know, that yeah. thing's only a couple feet long, uh, oh. but boy, does it look good. One thing that. I- I will say coming right out into the movie off the bat, like I was excited to watch this. I haven't seen it in quite some time and uh, turning it on. Like I understand it's there kind of to set the mood and kind of be a little goofy and, and kind of blend in with our area and our characters. But the score in this movie really grates on me, <laughs> like the harmonica, <laughs> like country score that's behind it. I find it distracting sometimes like the whole opening scene where they're driving through the town and the harmonica stuff's playing in the back. I don't know. Like, I guess it fits the movie. I'm just not a big fan of it. I, I suffered a little from the fact that we just came off die hard and then uh, the thing, and then we come into this and, you know, it's just not as good as those movies. Right. And, you know, like I'm, I'm just, I've been a little spoiled for, a couple, I love this movie, but you know, it, it's it's not on that level, and you have to, you know, no. you kind of have to readjust and go, okay. And you but ca- by by the end, I, I was fully on board. I, I love the characters in this movie. I love Kevin Bacon. I love Fred Ward in this movie. Nemo uh, Williams. You kind of so, get you know. a, a gauge for the 
for the kind of movie you're going to be watching from the get go with Kevin Bacon and Burt Ward or Fred Ward. Um, <laughs> Kevin Bacon's acting is not very good in this, at least in the beginning for me. Um, the whole Gosh. conversation with them driving and talking about the girl and all that stuff, like it, you will have it, long blonde hair. It, 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 <laughs> he kind of grates on me a little bit in this. I, dude, I, I uh, think, I think not me, dude. I, I love the bacon. <laughs> okay. Let's not cook on the bacon too hard right Next now Christmas. because we, we have a good, bad and ugly to get to. And I got some notes. <laughs> okay. So, okay. But my question that's relatable to the actual scenes in the movie who the hell has bologna and beans for fucking breakfast <laughs> dude that, that have... sounds disgusting well earl <laughs> earl says he she, something like they've got like five bucks to their name at yeah. this point so i mean they're literally just going job to job they don't have any money so that's that's why they're eating beans for breakfast is yeah. can but of beans bologna... cost 50 cents at at, at Walter's, uh, you know, convenience store. And Walter Chang's. <laughs> that's it. They establish like, that there's only one road in and out of this town. Like, I, I don't see how that's possible. Well, there it's just a, a There's a, yeah, there's a, a cliff on one side and, and, and mountains on either other side. So there can only be one way in and out. I mean, yes, this, this is a imaginary place. Yeah. This place doesn't <laughs> exist. So. It's a movie, Josh. I know it. I know it. Um, uh, I don't know. We get this establishment of them. Like, they're the handymen around town. They're the ones who are going around fixing everything. We got that shot in the trailer of them uh, doing the sewage stuff, and it's spraying all over them. That is, oh, God, I can't even imagine. They're uh, handymen, but but uh, but Kevin Bacon, or I should start calling him Val. Val can't hit wow. a, a nail with a hammer. <laughs> oh, dude. When he's trying to hit that freaking uh, fence staple, yeah, I, I think it's like it, six misses. It's and then eight. Finally, now oh, it's, it's eight. It's oh. eight misses. Now yeah. eight. that aspect of what's going on with Kevin Bacon is great. <laughs> like he does not hit like not even like he doesn't even hit it once. And then that last one he gets just boom right in. It, it's very comical. And I found it very funny. That was obviously not scripted. And, and Fred, Fred Ward's reaction is. Oh, he, genuine. The look and, on his face. I, I don't know how he didn't just start laughing because. <laughs> how many times is he going to swing this damn hammer? To, it's just freaking say, well, next scene, please. Let's get out of here. But I like that they're going through and like kind of gauging what their jobs are that they've got to do. And they're like, I don't want to go do the garbage. Um, and, you know, they've got this whole list of things that they've got to do for the people in the town. And. It's almost like the thing, and then the other, or like Die Hard, all these movies that we've been watching where they set up, it's all in a way to introduce us to the people and the places in the town and what they know how to do and how they're going to work their way through what happens in this. Yeah. Yeah. And I love this little town of people. You've got, you got a great group. Uh, you know, you've got the, the doomsday prepper guys mm-hmm. and a couple, Bert. and I love Reba. Uh, Reba and Michael Gross are hilarious together, and I will Reba's say that, first movie. Yeah, I will say yeah, that was one movie. thing that was like a buzz around this movie is my my mom and my stepdad are huge Reba McIntyre fans, and that was the buzz around this that that you know Reba McIntyre was in a movie, so I think she's this great is a, in it too, and I think she's all right. Josh, Jesus, <laughs> it's a movie. <laughs> Jesus. The fact that it's a movie has no bearing on whether or not she's good in it. 
I love that she, I love when she has to calm him down when he gets mad. You yeah. Know? I know. I know. It's like okay. that's such a hilarious dynamic of like a husband and wife. And he's just like a hothead. And she's like, it's okay, honey. They don't know what you know, she, I, I, re- I really think it's funny that uh, Heather, the Reba McIntyre character knows more about guns than Bert does because he is always <laughs> asking her, Yep. What should I use? Yeah. <laughs> so, and she knows that bullets won't go into the ground. I don't know why he's shooting yeah. at the damn ground anyway. What a doof. I mean, like to hear her talk is like living where I live. Would That's Bert how... have stormed the Capitol? Probably, mm-hmm. right? I think probably. You know, sorry. While, <laughs> while we're watching this movie, that's that that I, I would be lying if I said that's not what was going through my head while we're watching. <laughs> oh, the first time Bert opens his mouth, it's like Oh yeah, man. doomsday prepper gun oh. nut like yeah oh, like Bert. I, think, I haven't seen the later films. I'm sure they further develop Bert. So if if anyone's listening that has seen the other films, I, let us know if he continues I, down this path yeah. or if maybe I think he, he's the only one who actually was in the majority of all the films. He is in every one. Yeah, of he yeah he becomes the the, the recurring main person. Yeah. yeah. Um, I wonder what this college thinks about sending their interns out here and it seems like maybe kevin bacon has like seduced all of the female ones like (laughs) they're going to see like what you know i did find it funny like he knows that this one's supposed to be a female yeah so like let's go check her out yeah then that's when he wants her to be blonde and all this yeah you know misogynistic stuff but it's like they had to have gone back and been like, <laughs> I got like screwed over by the <laughs> the town. The Romeo, town Mister Fix It. You yeah. Know, like, <laughs> don't send any more female students out yeah. there. Well, even Rhonda, the character Rhonda. I mean, and she's very. She's still attractive, even with the sunblock on her nose. You know, I mean, she's a smart gal. She's I I lot. like. Finn Carter is the actress, and I, I like yeah. her in this. I remember liking her, liking her as a little boy. <laughs> you know, I just thought she was so cool, and you know, they don't overly sexualize her. They do pull off her pants at one point, but yeah. it's brief. Yeah. Brief wrapped in barbed wire. Hello, it's briefs, and uh, <laughs> it's briefs. <laughs> it's just a briefs scene, uh, but I do like her. I like her character. She's fun. She's strong. A strong female character. Yeah. Smart. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, She's a nice presence in the movie, and you know Valentine learns a little something about women. I think in this movie, mm-hmm. which is yeah. nice, little character uh-huh. growth. Hey, when they're doing the trash, they they just bury the trash, right? I mean, that's their job. They're they're just taking the yeah. city's trash and burying it in a. I didn't really get a good sense their of own what they were doing with the trash. I think that's what they're doing. They're just burying it. Look, there's no there's no other option, right? They're just burying the yeah. trash. I like their toilet cooler. Yeah. Oh some yeah. Beers out of the toilet. toilet. Who wants a toilet beer? Do you have a toilet beer right now? Aaron? If I did, I'd drink it. <laughs> uh, Guinness toilet beer. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, they get they get squirted with shit. They've had it. They're ready to head out of town. And then this is when kind of some of the craziness that will ensue starts. Well, it's, it it kind of gets back to the whole small town. They know everybody there. They see uh, uh, the the guy, the town, like drunk. Up in the yeah. up in the top of the tower, holding his rifle, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, well, we might as well stop and get him down." This is a good little setup to kind of get you going into what's mm-hmm. what's happening here. Um, this is a creepy. As a kid, this creeped me out. Again, you've, you you're in broad daylight. Mm-hmm. It's very different than other scary quote yeah. unquote scary movies. You're in broad daylight. 
And yeah, there's the guys up high. You can't quite tell. And that reveal of him being dead kind of spooked me as a kid. You yeah. Know? Now, like, now, is it? Yeah. Isn't that the guy who played the old man who owned the barn for Patrick Swayze on Roadhouse? I think it's the same guy. I think it looks it like is. I don't, it, it, or it at is least him. it looks like he was Emmett in Roadhouse. Yeah. Okay. Yes, he was Emmett. That's and I as soon as I saw him, he was dead face. And he's also, I think, a little younger at that point. I was like, that looks like the old man. Well, that had the barn What's funny Roadhouse. is we don't get. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we even get an introduction to him. It's just we no. find him dead on the on the on the. No, antenna. they call him. They call him Edgar. He says Edgar. Well, no, what I mean is like we don't see oh. him as a character. We just the we first time we see him, he's dead yeah. dead yeah. up on the antenna. Exactly, and we did rock paper scissors to go up the tower. Yep. What a so. terrible way to die! Like, yeah, <laughs> I would not want to die thirst. thirst. That's awful. Yeah, but I like that the town. I mean. The town is so small, and there's not a there's not a hospital or anything. They just take them to Walters, you know, or, or go to Walters to let people know what's going on. Um, they do no. J- Jim's a doctor. The, the, they call him Doc. His name is Jim. Mm. Uh, he's yeah, there with his they're the ones yeah. built. They're the ones. That's right. That's right. House. But uh, and they're they're not good. counted in the fourteen because uh, they just moved there. Damn yeah, it, Jim. They're building but if their you house. Count, if you count all the people. The, it would be 16 if you included the doctor and his wife. Okay. Yeah. All right. Now the next death I have to talk about. It's uh, I forgot what his name is. Uh, old man Fred. Fred. The one with the sheep. Yeah. Yes. All right. His name is Old Man Fred, and he looks like a living version of Freddy Krueger. <laughs> that hat and his face, even the nose, he looks like a living Freddy Krueger. I didn't put that together. I, I have to go back and look at old it. Old Man Fred. So it's kind of weird. I was like, was this on purpose or something to play with it? Because there's a couple other things in this movie that I've noticed is kind of little plays into other movies mm-hmm. that some of these actors are tied into. It was just weird that he's got the fedora, the face, the whole nose thing, and his name is Old Man Fred. Yeah. And the, yeah, that is interesting. And that reveal is another great creepy moment that creeped oh, me out dude, as a kid. Yes. When they pick up the hat and there's his face. Well, I li- I really like when they introduce us to him and you you see the sheep and he's walking around trying to figure out what's going on because the sheep are all flustered. And then all of a sudden he's just being sucked down into the ground. Just disappear. Yeah, you, you don't you don't see anything. It's just I like that they don't reveal the monster too early in this. Yeah. They give you a good bit of mystery of to what's going on. And Again, we get, you know, they find the guy dead on up in the antenna and they decide, I don't remember what it is that leads him to Fred's. Is he another place that's on the way out of town? Yeah. Remember this they is, took, yeah, they're, they took they're him back leaving into town again. Yeah. Yeah. and they're leaving. Yeah. I think they try to leave town like four times and they keep getting stopped because later they run into the, where the, the, uh, the, the utility guys yeah. with the jack. You remember because yeah. it falls. That's another pretty cool little yeah. setup to there too, where he's jackhammering into the road and he, he hits the grab away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I love the blood coming up from the jackhammer. Yeah. 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 All this stuff, just talking about the effects again. Gosh, we've had some great effects in our movies we have. that we've reviewed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I love, this is such a different thing too, because we, we have a lot of like soft ground going on where, where things are coming out of the ground, things are getting sucked into the ground. Yeah. Which has to be relatively challenging. You know, you got to dig a pit, you've got to right. keep things under, you, got, you know, and it looks great. Uh, the stuff with, when, when the little tentacles, we'll call them, come out through the dirt and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, when, when people are getting dragged down, when things are getting, uh, like the, like the jackhammer is getting like dragged across the ground is breaking the, the asphalt, all that stuff. Yeah. Is that's, cool. that's you, cool. When you, yeah, when you think about like, how the hell did they set this up? You know, like it's mm-hmm. easy to just overlook some of that, those smaller things, but the jackhammer is like, 
breaking up the the asphalt and everything. Right. That's a hell of a shot. I mean, that's really cool. Well, I, I really love when when they find when they drive past Fred's place and they see all the dead sheep, and then uh, Kevin Bacon gets out and he's like, "What the shit?" <laughs> <laughs> he says. What the hell is going on? I mean, what the hell is going on? <laughs> but the blood effects are pretty cheesy in this movie. Yeah. Like, Jenny, get out. Josh, the blood restrain is her. Like bright red. It's, it's like it's almost an orange color. Yeah, sometimes. it doesn't look. No, good. no, no. The yeah. the graboid blood is orange. People blood is red. Are we? Is that what you mean? None of it looks the, good. What <laughs> the blood? What about? The blood coming out of Walter's nose looks pretty pretty realistic. That's that's another creepy one when when he's got his nose is bleeding right before he gets yanked down. That's pretty Yeah. <laughs> Plus I always loved that old guy as a kid. You know, I loved him from Big Trouble in Little China and right. um I loved Golden him from Child. Golden Child, yeah. And and in this movie when he just is unceremoniously killed. Yeah. <laughs> I remember being sad as a kid. I was like, "No." Well, he I was kind of he was a little more of the man. comic relief too. Like he was always making yeah. jokes and offering them five dollars for the for the graboid and all that stuff. Like he, was, I love that he buys it for ten bucks and then sells pictures of it for three bucks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and they lose out on all the profits. Yep, yep. <laughs> uh, I do want to talk about um, when the doctor and his wife get taken out because I think that's a really creepy scene. I that's hate a it. that's a great scene. It's a great scene, it? but it, it makes me sad. Like, this is, like, the only well, very death sweet. that makes me sad. Yeah. They're very sweet together. Yeah, they they're, just the short time you get with them makes yep. you feel something for them. Mm-hmm. I mean, most people that die in this movie, you don't get that. Right. Um, but, yeah, with them, they're sitting together. They, they've, they're building a house together. They're starting a new life. They have a great little chemistry together. And yeah, she has to slowly watch her husband get dragged into the, this is where things really get serious in the movie where, yeah, you know, yeah, before yeah. it's been kind of like, okay, this guy's dead, this guy, but this is like, oh shit. And then, you know, she gets in the car. That's another great effect. The car getting pulled down. One of the only and, scenes that takes place at night too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the, 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 the headlights shooting up into the sky. I yeah. That's really it. cool. I like that a lot. The one thing I thought was funny. Because we we're, we've been talking about how the thing is evolved at this movie, you know, like similarities, mm-hmm. tentacles, yeah. where it's set. I think it's really funny about the generator that we talked about last week. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with the generator? That. And they walk over there. It's gone. There ain't no generator. Generator's gone again. <laughs> and then the graboid spits it out. Yep. But that. But the thing, well, that was one thing yeah. I wrote down about this scene, like that, where when the graboid spits the generator out is a great little jump scare. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. Like you're, I, I wasn't expecting it this time. I forgot it was there, and I was like, "Oh, like it got me a little bit." Mm-hmm. I mean, the, gra- the, the idea of graboids is scary. Like something under you think you're on solid ground. I mean, just as a concept for a monster, yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty effective, especially again. I saw this as a kid. That's where my love for it comes. And you know, mm-hmm. as a kid, you're thinking of that, and it it is kind of creepy. Well, the script was originally called Land Sharks. <laughs> right, and, and then it became beneath perfection. Beneath perfection, yeah. And right. uh, I, I think they were. I think they they changed or moved away from Land Shark after the SNL Land Shark. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly that's what, right. it was. what it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I, the writers apparently what what got them 
going with this idea was they were doing something somewhere and they were up on a rock. And one of the writers was just like, what if something was keeping us on this rock and we couldn't get off of it? And the whole story kind of evolved around that thought. So I thought that was pretty cool. That's some of the best stuff in this movie too, I think, is when they're stuck on rocks. Yeah. 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 Well, I got one more thing about that. We were, I was talking about the whole Freddy and old man Fred. This is the another. This is the other people. The lady who plays Megan was in Star Trek. Uh, uh, was it was part two, Wrath of Khan. Mm-hmm. So she she plays uh, William Shatner's, I guess, like girlfriend, like they dated and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Bibi Bash. Yeah, and her husband's name in this is Jim. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's why I'm saying, I'm like, I'm seeing a lot of similarity where they're tying movies with characters' names through this. But it was funny that she's in the scene with the husband named Jim, mm-hmm. and that's what they call Kirk in the movies. So those are the people who know him. I just thought that was kind of funny. It's like I kept noticing that. It's like they keep naming these characters after other things in other movies and tie them together. So. Well, you know, with the land shark thing, mm-hmm. I can see where they were going with that because... There's those shots of the graboid, I guess, mm-hmm. of the perspective of, you know, yeah, yeah, trying yeah. to get somebody. But I don't like it. Because it's a ripoff of Jaws. <laughs> well, it is a ripoff of Jaws, uh-huh. but they live underground. They can't see above the ground. They're not above the ground. What is this <laughs> shot? Who is there? Take well, it. Well, we get... We get POV under the ground, I, which I I, lo- I love that really shot, get but you're POV, right. It, it, you get like a side view. Well, I know, but there's, there's, there are, you know, no, there is, is a POV of just like POV shot going through dirt. dirt. Dives in. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Which like, is a, which is a great effect, but I see what you're saying. It ha- doesn't have eyes. So you, yeah. Anything you, above the ground that shouldn't be in there. Well, well even underground, it doesn't have eyeballs. So. Right. Right. Well, I mean, the only thing that, that I could, that I could kind of, relate that to would be the the tentacles that come out because it looks like they're not out already but i think that's what kind of gauges what's around it like that's what's really feeling for where they're at that in the vibration no no, it's it's yeah it's it's like it's like daredevil man it's blind it can feel it's got like radar you know it should be in like green or night vision you want like predator predator style yeah this i don't like no i well you're wrong uh, <laughs> I don't think I am. You're just wrong. Jenny. You're wrong. You do like it, Jenny. You do like it. Um, no, that's okay that you don't like it. Uh, and you don't need me to tell you that. Uh, but I like it. Um, I love that you don't know for quite a bit. You think that the monsters are those tentacles. Yes. You yeah. think they're just these small little snake like things. Uh, the one that gets hooked up on their car, that kind of stuff. I love when they play with it. I love when Melvin plays with it, plays a trick on on them with it. Mm-hmm. But they think, and and as a viewer, you think you're dealing with a bunch of these little things, almost more like, you know, piranha or something. Yeah. Um, and then the reveal that they're just coming out of the mouth of a much larger creature is mm-hmm. right. Is yeah, that's fun, what they're trying. Yeah. You're you're almost halfway through the movie before they reveal that. Yeah, but, which is fun. Yeah, because it's Val and Earl trying to leave town on horses. They've decided they can't use vehicles, so they haul ass on horses, and the horses get spooked, obviously, because Jenny, I like bet you didn't did. like the the horses being killed. I did not. Yeah. That, that is kind of rough, huh? It's I, rough. I couldn't but help but think of Artax. Yes. It's rough, but it's a good, like, I like the way they shoot it with the things around it and the, the horse struggling with, like, that. that's a, it. it it's effective. Yeah, it, yeah the, the horse in peril shot is actually a really effective shot. 
Yeah, because it's the things like Earl's there, and all of a sudden, all you see is a puff of, of the sand mm-hmm. up in their faces, and you don't know, and you can't see the horse because it's all like dusty. And then all of a sudden, you realize the horse is covered in the tentacles. Yeah, and you're like, and I, honestly and truly, when he pulled the gun out to shoot, I thought he was going to shoot the horse yeah. to put it out of his misery, but he ends up shooting the tentacle. Right. Mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. We, but then that's when we get the reveal of the right quickly back i just want to throw i love the music playing underground and that's how they find the car yeah yeah you know kind of digging around in the dirt and finding the grill or even them brushing yeah brushing off the grill and seeing the lights and stuff the headlights on yeah nice reveal very nice very Uh, nice but but yeah they they run and and they run to a a ditch and this thing just runs right into the ditch and kills itself yeah And, and i like that up until this point they're convinced that it's some sort of psycho in the in the area like yeah. killing <laughs> people a killer out. And, yeah. and they they really don't have any other reason to not believe that other than the fact like when they find fred that should be a kind of a like just his face is sticking up out of the ground right like that ought to but, give you a little bit of something but earl says something like cutting people's heads off he, he thinks yeah. it's just the head they don't he doesn't realize the body's yeah. sticking down in the dirt or Whatever. Well, what's left of the body, the right. head might be all that's left. Right. That's true. But yeah, I mean, he thinks it's a it's a severed head. I like when they realize what's happening. They're running away from it, and then it hits the the concrete wall, and they're down in that trench, and they realize they've killed it. And Kevin Bacon's Kevin response: Bacon. "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> so good. And what's funny, I read because of the uh, that they were trying to go for more of a family film for this because it was a straight rated r movie yeah they cut 20 fucks out of the movie well there are some and adr can, where they you can yes. tell yeah. they edited it out yeah. for sure there, i mean i mean yeah there are lots of visible adr moments uh particularly when bert calls the monster a mother humper mother humper <laughs> but, but I like that you you know that they edited that and he called it a mother humper and whatnot. But when Kevin Bacon responds over the radio, he's like, "Well, uh, re- there are two more. Repeat, two more mother humpers." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you can see his mouth moving, and he says "motherfuckers." Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's 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 a good good little scene. I do want to play the clip of after they've killed the monster and kind of what like they're talking about, you know, what it is. I think it's a pretty good scene. Probably the biggest zoological discovery of the century. Hey! Hey, check this out! <laughs> I found the ass in! I found the ass in! I really thought he should should have done a dick joke right there. Well, the way he's holding it, like between <laughs> his legs. Yeah. That's one big mother. This must be the old boy had your sizemos working overtime. But this is a cool like I like that they they find the little things that move it along in the ground like yeah they've they've thought out how this monster could you know be real through the ground and yeah they they put some thought into the design of it. Hey Rhonda, you ever heard of anything like this before? Oh sure, Earl. Everybody knows about them. We just didn't tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Again, their banter. Oh, it's so funny. Chang don't get a slick mitts on this for no measly 15 bucks. 15 bucks. You got that right. <laughs> you got that right. Uh, yeah, always looking to make a buck. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
talking about dick jokes. Um, apparently, <laughs> in the design of this, they had originally wanted more of like an outer shell for these tentacles that would retract. Um, <laughs> and apparently, it was deemed too phallic. Yep. <laughs> for uh, so they kind of changed it. And the in the behind the scenes thing I was watching, they t- touched on that a little bit. <laughs> um, they touched on the phallic part, but the the guy was like, "We don't want something that looks like a dick." In this, <laughs> <laughs> I love when Earl steps in the in the hole and thinks the prairie dog, yeah, yeah the prairie Earl. dog hole. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn prairie dogs! <laughs> but then we find out that there are three more. We thought we think that the movie. Well, hey, the movie's over, right? No, we find out. Uh, Rhonda says there's three more of these. Things. Yeah, and they go to check yep. it out. And, and, you know, uh, here's where I'm going to probably piss Eric off. A little bit. <laughs> All right. Um, hey, do we have a sound for every time in an episode you're going to piss Eric off? We need a sound for that. That would be good. Yeah. I, I love. <laughs> use that button a lot. <laughs> I love that they, they, they figure out that they've got to get on this rock because the, because of what's happened to the one before and they're, the, these things are chasing them now. Like they can't get on uh, the, the solid rock will prevent them from being able to hurt them but they're stuck on this rock and she's like, Oh, well, let's, we got to get over to my truck. It's right over there. And it's probably a good half a mile away. It's and not half a mile, but okay. Continue. It, it's a pretty good ways away. It's a few hundred feet away. I okay. Would say. Well, there just happens, happens to be poles there that they can pole vault with to get across these yeah, rocks. They can all pole vault and they can all so, have, the, they all have the ability to pole vault. Listen, okay. It's a little who silly. Who here has tried to pole vault? In I've their tried life? to pole vault. Jason, I have too. It's yes, not that it, hard. What they're doing is not oh, that hard. I, I, well, what they're, yeah, what Olympic is pole not, vaulting is hard. Oh, what they're doing dude, isn't super hard. Yeah, dude, track and field pole vaulting is the scariest thing you will ever do. Yeah, but this <laughs> but, is not that. Doing, yeah, but that's still hard. What they're, I mean, that's still. Well, you see, body. Earl, Earl fails his first attempt. Yeah, I'll I'll admit the I I will definitely admit Josh that it's convenient that there's poles long enough to pole vault there. Yeah, but if that gets us this pole vaulting scene, then I'm okay with it because I love this pole vaulting scene. And the fact that they're it's doing a, it in unison, like they're all doing it at the same time. <laughs> it's yeah, you get some happy music in this. You know, things have gotten kind of dreary here. It makes it a little this, more adventurous for sure. Yeah, this fun and it's like a bonding moment for these three. You've got, you know, they're they're kind of like our mains here. And I, I love when they all start pole vaulting together. I think it, we should have some eighties montage music over that. Well you do. You get you get some eighties. It's not exactly a montage, but yeah, you get some eighties and yeah, some eighties music and I do I do wanna I kinda wanna revert back to this clip that I just played because there's one section of it that I think is great. And uh Take it, there's three more of these things. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> hey, Josh, you need to you need to uh, cut that and you can use that every time you go to piss him off because you know Eric's gonna go, what? what? <laughs> that is a good that is a good little little that's, bit. But you know, I, I love Val and and Earl. They're not like they say, they're they're kind of simple guys. They're they're not, you know, she's she's uh you know, uh, researching and mm-hmm. doing all her studies and all this kind of stuff. They don't know about that kind of stuff. They're, they're handymen and they, you know, but they have practical solutions for things and they have their own brand of problem solving. And it's, it's fun to watch them 
the dyna- dynamic. They're fully aware they're not the sharpest tools in the shed, too. Yeah. So like, <laughs> yeah, very true. Is it the pole vaulting isn't a little silly enough for me? They get to this truck and she goes in through the back window and she's driving perfectly this down the street. There's no way <laughs> she could drive. There is. She's not driving through LA traffic here, guys. But she's on it's, a, it's, a road that she cannot physically see. It's and a dirt it's road. A there is no cars anywhere in the middle of a. But she's driving straight, like she's in the line, uh, and no, nobody's <laughs> touching the wheel. It does make yeah, nobody. Who who is at the could wheel? Be, she could be touching the bullshit. wheel and the gas. She cannot. <laughs> bullshit. She can. Yes, no she can. No way. No way. Not in that truck. I, nope. <laughs> not possible. I like when Val uh, is in the. They're in the back, and some of the tentacles are coming up, and he grabs that. I, I think it's some kind of the the. Doesn't he grab a shovel? I think he grabs no, a no, shovel. He, and- no, he grabs the 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 reader, the 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 ground reader that the she was si- yeah, the yeah, seismometer. Yeah. yeah, but it looks like it looks like the whack a mole. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah, and he right. starts hitting. Is he's playing whack a mole on the back of the thing? I love that moment. <laughs> I love that they name it a graboid because that's just such a stupid name. Yeah, yeah, for Gra- sure. Grabs you. Walter gives us that. <laughs> Damn you, Walter. Well, we're about halfway through, so let's talk about some almost famous people. Almost famous. I know that dude. I don't know. I know, I know that her. dude. Haven't you ever heard of that guy? What, what's his name? What's that, that guy's guy name? Was in that movie that was out last year. All right, I, I put down Michael Gross. I mean, other than Family Ties and Tremors, like what else is Michael Gross? I mean, he's been in a lot of TV. I understand that, but yeah, he's definitely not a household name though. But he's somebody you'd probably recognize. So yeah, I think I that's mean, a good. That's a good. I one. was going to do uh, Victor Wong. Yeah, Victor, Victor Wong. I did write one. down. Because he's in a lot of movies that we all love, and he shows up. He was just that guy. That's who I put. That's great. I don't think uh, Fred Ward's a household Fred, name. Fred though. Ward hasn't been in a ton of stuff either. Like, but I, I do recognize him. Like he's been in other stuff besides Tremors. I would have recognized him from. Oh yeah. Something else. Big business. Yeah, Remo Williams, right stuff. He was the dad in Joe Dirt. It's mm. <laughs> <laughs> a dad in Joe Dirt. You're right. You're right. I forgot about that. Uh, also, Ariana Richards, uh, the girl from Mindy, the girl from Jurassic, Jurassic Park. Park. She's yep. been in a few she did a she did a bunch of movies though. Yeah, like little parts. But what's funny she was is a prancer. We were we were watching this and I saw her and I was like, "What the hell do I know her from?" And Jenny's like, "Jurassic Park." Duh. Oh, I just saw that she comes back in Tremors three. Ah, as the same character, dude. I need to get Tremors three up in here. Which I I, I kind of watching this and seeing how many sequels there have been. I kind of would like to go through and watch the rest of them. I, I know they're going to be terrible. Well, they eventually there's the tremors where they come out of the ground and they're they're like running around on like two. That's feet. part two. Yeah. Is that yeah. two? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know and, what what's going on. Oh, did I believe tremors three they, is called Back to Perfection? So that's yeah. and part that's four right. like goes back in time. I think like the yeah. origin of them or, or something. Yeah. Oh shit! Yeah. yeah, like they were there during the old West or something like that. This franchise kind of gets along the same lines as like the Leprechaun, and <laughs> yeah, I think they even fly at one point too. Yeah, when like they start flying. Yeah. They're on an it's, island. That doesn't Trimmer sense. Island. That's the newest one. Is Shriker Shri- Shrieker Island or something like that? Shrieker Island. Yeah. Oh, that's right. The Shrieker. Um, one that I mean, nobody really knows her. The only reason I know her is because I'm a big David Lynch fan. But the mom, um, the girl from Jurassic Park, the girl who plays her mom in this, was in mm-hmm. Eraserhead and Twin Peaks and a, and a few David Lynch movies. 
Um, nothing. I mean, I recognized her. Charlotte and I, Stewart. I had to go back and like see what she was in. So, but yeah. that's the only reason I know who she is is because I've seen her recently and that stuff. Little House, <clears throat> Little House in the Prairie as well. Yeah. But I think yeah. I think that's pretty good. There aren't too many people in this movie. So. No, I mean this is a lot like the thing. I mean you don't have a whole lot of people to choose from. Um, I mean Victor Wong's probably the the one I would go with on this. To be honest, like yes. Victor yep. Wong, yes. yeah, him or Michael Gross, mm-hmm. I would say. I mean Fred Ward, I recognize him, but I mean he didn't he didn't really go on to do a whole lot. So yeah, I see Victor Wong. I think Victor Wong reigns victorious and almost famous. I love Victor Wong. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll that. see him. He's in all the John Carpenter movies. Yeah, so yeah well, of course that that's what we're going to pick. We'll see him again <laughs> in Big Trouble in Little China, Prince Darkness, all kinds of yeah. stuff. So, The Golden Child, I want the knife. I haven't seen The Golden Child in a long time. A long, when the long booger, time. When he says the booger will freeze and cut you? As he wipes <laughs> a booger on himself? Love that. <laughs> I, I like earlier when they're sending uh, Val and, and Walter out to... to to get to wherever on the horses because here I got you some Swiss cheese and some bullets. <laughs> <laughs> that was on my, that was on my quote list. You bastard. <laughs> but I like that. We're back at Walters now reconvening, trying to figure out how they're going to get out of, out of this town now because the roads blocked off, you know, whatever's happened has caused like a little rock pile in front of the road. They can't get out now. And they're kind of running out of choices. All the vehicles in town are, are effed up. They're really starting to learn what what these things are about and how they're sensing you know how they're starting to hunt people and stuff of that nature um but yeah we get the, the, the phone's dead you can't call out of the valley right you're you're stuck mm-hmm. in the valley now you know that they can take your car and and tear it up into the ground yeah. and we just radio down. doesn't go over the mountains so and they keep asking Rhonda about where they come from and all of this stuff i like the conversation they have on the rock where it's like you know they could have been here for thousands of years. And even uh, Walter is like, I think they're from outer space. Definitely not from here. You know, like, <laughs> definitely not, definitely not local, I think is what he says. Yeah. Uh, but I, I like that Walter is so hung up on like, we've got to name them. We're the ones who found them. We get to name them. And he just keeps coming up with all these crazy names. And then finally we settle on Graboids. I don't know if we ever really settle on it. It's just the last thing he says. And that kind of sticks. And then he yeah. dies, and everyone keeps calling it Graboids after yeah. that. Yeah, <clears throat> it was his legacy. <laughs> well, I just like the part we get here because Melvin, you know, Mister uh, Cry Wolf, you know, scared the shit out of him. I think right before this scene, he scares the hell out of Earl by throwing the bat. He screams and throws the basketball at yeah. Earl, and then he walks outside, and you see him bounce it, and then the ball hits the ground, and you see the dust, and he screams, and they're like, "What the hell is he screaming about now?" And then that's when the, the big grabble shows up in town. I like when the ball comes through the window and it pisses Walter off. He's like, I'm going to go kick his ass. And Val goes, I'm going to help you. <laughs> um, I think it was Earl that said that. Wasn't it? Yeah, one of the two of them. It was Earl. But then we established that um, Michael Gross's character, what's what's his name, Jason? Bert. Bert, Bert and Reba McIntyre have gotten back to their place. Heather. Heather, they... they, they they went out to try and find Val and Walter, I think, or something. They were out looking for, or they were actually looking for traces of what's been going on, trying to find. Yeah, something. I, I think they were. Yeah, because they talk about they, they couldn't find any any tracks or anything. They think there's some kind of animal or person out here. They can't find any tracks. They don't know that it's under the ground at this point. Yeah, and but they're in their little basement, and I I like that they have their bullet thing where they're making bullets. Like they are 
fully prepared to do whatever they need to do. Yeah, they're cleaning their brass. Yeah, Yeah, they're cleaning their brass so they can reload for later. But you got you missed the one part is when they show up there. She looks through the binoculars and notices everybody on the roofs yeah. of their houses in the business because other graboids had showed up before that. Mm-hmm. I really like and, how everyone gets separated. Yeah, in this town, and they're you know that you you've got Melvin on the roof of the shed. You've got you know the, well you have the pogo stick scene, which is great too, where the girls Dude, are doing the that pogo, pogo stick scene. I think it's crazy because. Uh, Val tackles her. The Pogo Six stays straight <laughs> up when he tackles her. I'm like, yeah, I was going to see how Eric wanted to explain his way out of this one. The Graboids got it. No, no, no. no. The Graboids don't yeah. get it. Yeah. When he snatches her off of the Pogo Stick, it's not gotten by Graboids at that point. Why? What? How do you know? What are you underground, Josh? You can see where the Graboids are. I can't. <laughs> do you live underground? The Graboids can't see either. They don't have fucking eyes. <laughs> I mean, you you have to assume that the that the Graboids got it, and that's why it's sticking up. But if know. you want to call that a mistake, a continuity error, that's fine. Continuity. <laughs> continuity. But oh, I like man. that you've almost got this set piece where everyone's separated, things are starting to get shaky here, and you've got to figure out how are we going to get out of this. And it's a fun... You know, it's a fun setup to have everyone separated and they're trying to figure out what to do. You know, they're finally figuring out that their vibrations, they're talking. That's all stuff that's that's getting these things, recognizing where they are. Uh, and I like that they set up the drink machine that has problems that they're going to fix at some point in the movie. But they they come back to that now. It's like, oh, shit, we should have fixed that because now it's gotten us in the, Unfortunately, it cost us Walter at, at this point. Yeah, that's where Walter dies, and then this when it forces everybody up onto the roof. Now, I mean, this movie turns at this point into a giant game of the floor is lava, which is awesome. <laughs> yes. Like as a kid, I love that. I love. Does floor anybody is watch lava. that show? You watch that show on Netflix? I've the heard there's lava. that show. I have not watched it. I've watched it. It's actually pretty it's funny, and it is exactly what we thought it was. It's an adult version of what we did as children. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, <laughs> I definitely played Floor is Lava as oh, a kid, yeah. jumping from furniture to furniture, and this is this is that what it is on a large scale, and it's fun. Yeah, but I like the part like Josh was getting to about Bert and Heather down in their basement because they had already talked to them on the radio, and they're telling them they're in the ground. They're coming. Don't make any noise. And that machine is just going nuts mm-hmm. on the counter, cleaning their bra- the. But yeah, if I was a graboid, that is the worst fucking place to go, because I love it when you start shooting them and they do the pan behind them. Oh and you god, the wall that wall of guns. guns going all the way down. They, you're like, dude, they have a fucking flare gun on their wall. That is dumb as fuck. <laughs> Not if you need to. You got to be prepared. You got to have everything. This man prepares for every possibility except for underground monsters. I think the fact that they have a flare gun displayed on their display of guns is just a little silly. I don't feel like a gun nut would would display a flare gun like that. That's just me. Maybe I'm wrong. You'd probably have it in your vehicle or in some kind of a, you know, a... A, a go box or a go bag or something like that in case you needed to contact yeah. authorities or something. But I honestly, I mean, they've the got wall, all but... that firepower down there and they don't really do much damage to this thing until they get to the elephant gun. Yeah. Oh, which yeah. that is a big fucking gun. <laughs> Apparently that was actually a, 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 an actual elephant gun that they had to rent from a collector and yeah. it fired, you know, these uh, like 
blanks and stuff in it. But yeah. I, I was kind of kind of taken aback to figure to see that that was something they actually had to rent and it wasn't like a prop or something. Yeah, that gun is a monster. And and that when the graboid comes through the wall, that's all miniature, which I think looks great. It does. You almost can't tell that it's a miniature. Got um, probably the probably the worst shot in the movie is down there though. Yes, there's a composite shot that looks because you you get the shot of Bert and Heather firing, mm-hmm. and you get the shot of the thing being shot. Yeah, and you don't get both of them in in one shot except for weirdly like a one one second shot in the middle of that. Mm-hmm. It's like why is Where this it kinda, even here? It, why bother? Yeah, it kind of pans behind Bert, so you you they, it, it's almost like they had to give you a shot with them in the in the in the shot right. with the monster. And yeah. at the time, and especially on like VHS format and whatnot, I'm sure it probably looks fine. But watching it now, mm-hmm. it's definitely one of the one of the shots that stand out. And I think there's really only two insert shots in the entire movie. Other than that, everything else is practical. Which, I mean, like Eric brought up earlier, we've had some great movies we've talked about recently with great practical effects. I feel like some NRA members contributed to this movie. <laughs> I thought the same thing. I, I thought that maybe some people that were in the production of this were were NRA members for sure. <laughs> well, you've got yeah, you've got your your doomsday prepper guy, and of course he's going to have every gun under the sun, mm-hmm. you know. But they start to figure out that these things are smarter than they they initially thought because they're feeling out the town. They're starting to get an idea of what they can do to to, to get people off of these roofs now, uh, like messing with the foundations of the building and everything, which I think is very cool. What I don't think is cool is how the window in Walter's shop is reverse and how they're able to get him down there to get the radio out because the window's backwards. Yes, it slides from the outside. This yeah. man is digging deep. He is reaching to shit on this movie. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. I don't know what your agenda is, Josh. <laughs> What? Just, the windows back. Little things about this, this that just guy, make no sense to me. Like it picking. <laughs> well, you know, oh. they are smart, um, but I know that they can feel the vibrations and have some sense of where these people are. I don't buy that they can hear them making plans to leave. When they start taking out all the cars and all this stuff, like it's it appears that they are reacting to their plans to yeah. go. And I don't know that I ever got the sense that I they, don't buy that. They heard, oh, they're going to try to leave. Let's destroy the car. I think they're just well. The thing, the thing that kind of gets maybe. that is Bert and Heather's car because they're radioing yeah. Bert and Heather and they're saying we're going to have to get your truck to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And right. I, it makes for a really good scene because they're going over the radio and all of a sudden, you know. He, He's firing the elephant gun in the dirt, which is doing nothing to this thing. And then they take out the Bronco. And I, I really like that where they're so dependent on this truck. And then you get Heather over the radio. Hey, Val, you have to forget about the truck. (laughs) (laughs) Apparently that was Michael Gross's actual truck as well. Oh, really? Wow. But because they're the handyman in town, they realize they've got a tractor that they can use, but everybody's not going to fit on it. So they decide that they're going to grab this old semi trailer that they can pull behind even though the tires are flat this tractor should be able to pull it i love well, that, that th- the cat can pull anything it doesn't yeah. matter if well, the just, tires are flat for or for one thing everybody out there this it was not a tractor it's called a bulldozer get it right josh sorry 
Because <laughs> I'm like, tractor. Josh, get it right. This is a huge freaking bulldozer because it, that needs to be known for what happens later. That what the grab boys do to it, and then he picks up the old cut and ha- it looks like an old tanker trailer, like they cut the top off of. Yeah, it. yeah, Mm-mm. yeah. And it, they have flat. T- but it, those bulldozers, I mean, I grew up around that stuff, and yeah, it could pick that up and carry it without even putting any kind of strain on that bulldozer. It could have carried it with led even more weight on the back of it could have carried four of those trailers i like when bert's car is getting destroyed or sucked into the ground or whatever his car alarm goes off like he's such a prepper that he puts his car alarm on in the middle of the (laughs) desert in a town with 14 people and and he's got a a, an electric fence or or, you know electric gate yeah necessarily charged fence but he's it's it's his property is fenced in and he's got his car alarm on it's just a nice little addition well, we go back. I mean, they figure out that they can do this with the tractor, and we're back to the rock, paper, scissors between uh, um, Val, and Val and Earl. And, you know, I like I like it here because the banter between them again is like, oh, damn, I lost. Well, I guess I'm going to have to go. Like, just the kind of the way they play on it like that. And, and he kind of gives Earl the, the shove and jumps down ahead of him and stuff like that. Um but I think what's really fun is when he's running and all of a sudden they know they know he's ran off, so they're after him and he stops. Yeah. And then it just it can't find him. Like I, I think mm-hmm. that's a nice little tension builder. And then mm-hmm. with her on top of the um the water, water tower and knocking the water down, I think all that's really smart. Yeah. Um I think that's one of the better moments in the film where he's standing there and it's kind of swiping at his feet and he's having to pick and his foot up his leg. and it's kind of <laughs> swinging around while Stumpy's after him. Yeah. And I like when 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 they're all stuck up on the roof and they can see that it's doing something throughout the town, but they don't know what's going on. Hey, Rhonda, what's it doing now? Why are you asking me? <laughs> like, like they think she's an expert on this, and she's just like, I don't know anything more than you people do. Yeah. Um, with that, let's get to some bigger quotes. You're gonna need a bigger quote. We've been talking the whole movie. I mean, this is another one of those movies that just runs with one-liners throughout the entire thing. We've said a lot of the good ones so far. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite ones is, and I think what this movie probably is most known for is, pardon my French. Yeah. Pardon my French. Yeah. Pardon my French. Something that a lot, I think a lot of people say this to this day. Now, was I was this term yeah, around it was before? Yeah, already a phrase. Yes. And yes, this movie just around, really popularized it? Yeah. Okay. It's been around a long time. Uh, another Earl line. He says, "Is there some higher force at work here?" Like <laughs> Jason, you got one. Uh, I like the one because you know the whole thing with uh, Val hitting on every girl. I'm not going to do the woman one, uh, but I will do the one that says, "I'm a victim of circumstance." And Fred says, "I thought it was called your pecker." <laughs> <laughs> I like that one. What about uh, you, Jenny? Or I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead, Eric. I was jumping in uh, I, uh, the when the in the basement scene, Bert goes broke into the wrong goddamn rec room, didn't you, you bastard? <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't think this has come up yet. Uh, like, can you fly, you fucker? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, except that's, he uh, says sucker. Yeah, and it's ADR. Yeah, yeah. or he says you know he says fucker, but it's ADR to sucker. Oh. Yeah. Hey, did you want the tagline for this one? I did find one. Yeah, go for it. Uh, they say there's nothing new under the sun, but under the ground, 
dot 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 dot. Mm. <laughs> it's clever. Uh, it's not bad. I was like, mm, that's kind of, well, because you remember the box art for it. You see Kevin Bacon and yeah. Earl's characters, and then you see the thing in the ground. Is, so you're like, oh. Another kind of Jaws ripoff, kind of. Yeah. Well, that that box art is interesting because that's not the grab boy. That's no, no. That's yeah. one of the the snake thing. It's one of the yeah. It's one of the tentacles, and it doesn't totally look like it either. Which is kind of um, smart because it doesn't give away what you what you will eventually find out in the movie. Right. I, we brought up the drink machine that's malfunctioning in Walters, and I like when they when they establish that it needs to be fixed. We plan ahead so we don't have to do anything right now. Mm-hmm. All the planning stuff. It's always yeah. talking about planning yeah. through the whole yeah. the whole thing, the, and then you yeah. you have you know I, I I had a plan. I have a plan. He finally gets a plan yeah. at the end. But we have to probably all agree that the best. Uh, quote in the whole thing is the the scene we j- talked about is when Kevin Bacon just yells "fuck you." <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. That's that's probably the one that stands out the most, other than "pardon my friend." I do like when they're doing the trash and Kevin Bacon's sitting there in the sofa or whatever on the on the grounds, and he goes, "I tell you, no one does garbage better than we do." <laughs> <laughs> and when they go to find, or when they're at the doctor's place and they hear the music, and Earl goes. Where the goddamn golden oldies coming from? <laughs> and it was in the clip that I played a second ago, but I like when they find they they dig up the graboid and they realize what it is. And um Earl's like, Where are they come from or whatever? And Kevin Bacon goes, Oh, we all knew about him. We just didn't tell you. <laughs> That's a great line. I like and that. when they're stuck on the rock, uh when they're stuck on the rock, it's the next day they've slept on the rock. And they're like, Well, he must be gone by now. And Kevin Bacon goes, yeah, why don't you go take a stroll? Find out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. There were some good ones on this one. Little, little memorable ones over the years. And another hey, Melvin, one. You want to make a buck? Yeah, that's a good one. Need to go. <laughs> need somebody to go get the tractor. Uh, one that's coming up now. Uh, well, I mean, they get the tractor and they start heading towards um, Bert and Heather's place. And, you know, they, they, they realize they can't stop for very long. This thing's smart. It will stop them in their tracks. If they stop for too long. Uh, I like that they're on the roof of his house, cutting off the little vents and making explosives out of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely something you would need at this point. And I think Kevin Bacon asked, he goes, what is that? And he goes, a few household chemicals in the proper proportions. <laughs> that is a great line. Yeah. <laughs> um, We'll leave it up to a doomsday guy. You know, you got to make whatever yeah. you got to do. Got to make it work. But I, it's good that they realize that they've they've gotten them in the tractor and they've realized that they can't stop for very long because these things start pulling them down. And you can see Bert's just heartbroken by this house. Like he starts going over everything they had in there, five years worth of food, all this stuff, Filter and then water. all, and of course, underground goddamn monsters. <laughs> One thing he wasn't ready for. Yeah, you know? I love the fact that he even had a Geiger counter. Yeah, <laughs> he was he was waiting for a nuclear war. Yep. And, you know, I, I like that they've got him on the front of the bulldozer with the with the gun just kind of right out there. All, all all happy, happy go lucky. But this yeah, is when of we course fought. he went. He, he he is loving this. Yeah, too. You yeah. know, like he. Oh, yeah. th- this is what a prepper is waiting for. Mm-hmm. Some kind of life or death situation where he can use all his stuff. So he's kind of into this whole thing. Right. And that effect when when the tractor I called it a tractor. 
God, you uh, people. Anyway, when the, when the tractor uh, falls and that's a good effect yeah. for a, a low, relatively low budget movie. When that tractor dips into the d- dirt. And yeah. I mean, we, we finally see up. what these things have been doing all this time where they're asking, asking Rhonda, they've been digging trenches and they're smart. They're going to stop them in their tracks. I do kind of wonder, you brought up a good point with that, Jenny. Like, how do they know they're trying to leave the town? I mean, mm-hmm. I don't well, know. They, they, they know. Well, they, they feel the vibration moving. of the bulldozer. Yeah, yeah they, they know, know that they're moving. Oh, they just, I, I don't think they actually know. And this is just me, but I don't think they actually listen. They go, oh, they're going to head to the mountains. Let's go build traps. I think they go, we can't stop this thing while they're moving. They try to stop it a couple times, right? Mm-hmm. Well, when they're on yeah. the the tractor, mm-hmm. and and then you know they're smart enough to go. Well, let's dig a hole in front of it so that it falls in. That's yeah. to me the extent it, of their. Yeah. It's very basic, but and this is my explanation. I don't think that they purposely dug the hole in the road. It's just the fact that they knew that this thing is moving this way because they know vibrations and they know it's moving this way. I just think they were probably really digging these trenches everywhere. And one of them just happened to go across the road. Yeah. Also possible. Yeah. Also because possible. they don't know which, I mean, they just got a general idea. So they probably dug one here and here and here. And that one just happened to go across the road. I do like when they're getting in the, in the tractor or in the, in the trailer in the back and, and, and Bert is dispersing guns to everybody. And Melvin asked for one. I wouldn't give you a gun if it were World War Three. <laughs> but then when they decide that they're in a bad situation and Melvin doesn't want to start moving, he hands that gun over to him. He's like, hey, Melvin. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, ooh. And then when he goes, starts running for the rocks, he starts, God damn you, Bert. <laughs> and then when they finally get there, Melvin's like, you son of a bitch, there were no bullets in that gun. Got you moving, didn't it? <laughs> No well, that, bullets. But wasn't it right? Was it right before that is when they threw one of the bombs out of the back and they realized it would make the grab boys take off. Yeah. 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 I guess what I thought. Yeah. And that's when they took off and Melvin had the gun and he's trying to shoot it because the, the grab boys had turned around and were coming back. And then we get a, an explanation from Rhonda. She, she kind of explains to them, okay, well let's throw one that direction away from the rocks. And then when they go, well, run like goddamn bastards. <laughs> that line just does not work. Pardon my French. Coming from her, yeah. Pardon my French. And, it's, and then the pardon my French. It's just the setup for her to be able to use that, but it, th- that line coming from her just doesn't work too well for me. I think it's great. Oh. Of course you do. <laughs> Sorry, I love this movie. What? You do? Hey, listen. We've been on a real streak of, of Eric movies. Not just... Not that I have ownership of these movies. You guys love these movies too, but I've been lucky to to have Die Hard, The Thing, now Tremors. I'm like happy as a clam watching these. I'm sure we're going to get to some that I'm going to bitch about. We're doing Steel Magnolias next week, right? (laughs) Oh, we're going to do Steel Magnolias. It's going to happen at some point. I mentioned this. Hey, no, I've mentioned it to Josh. I've seen that movie a number of times. That and Fried Green Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I so, love Fried Green Tomatoes, dude. Fried Green Tomatoes. Well, just wait till movies. we get to Footloose and Dirty Dancing. We're gonna have some talks. Mm. Only if we do Grease, and then Josh sings the song and everything. We'll do Grease too. I'm down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see. Uh, but we're at the rocks. Everybody's at the rocks, and Bert's like contemplating suicide when he has to start figuring out what they're going to do before starvation. <laughs> I'm just going to take a bomb and I'm just going to walk out there with a the lit fuse and let it take me. Just That's not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah. That gives Earl the fishing idea, which is great. A great concept for, yeah. you know, again, you're, you're dealing with a land shark, right? You're going to, 
you're going to fish for the land shark. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it works. And it reminds me of the famous video of them blowing up the beached whale from, I wonder when that was in relation to this, but you guys know what I'm talking about in real life that there was the, oh, yeah. the yeah. beach whale and they decided to blow it up with dynamite because they didn't know how to get rid of this, all this, you know, it's a giant the whale carcass. Yeah. 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 And it sends chunks of whale meat, like <laughs> in every direction, yeah. destroying cars. It's a great video, but, uh, yeah, I love all the goo and stuff that falls all over them when they blow it up. Yeah, yeah, because it actually—I like it because they're all like, "Yay!" Oh! <laughs> and everything comes raining down on them, and that's some gooey, nasty-looking stuff too. Well, I like when they start doing this. I mean, we've got two out there, so they start fishing for these two. And there's another good line there with Bert, and he's he's shortening the fuse on one of these bombs that he's made, and he says, "What is that?" And he's like. Cannon fuse. What do you use it for? My cannon. My cannon. Yeah, that is of a great. Of course. Word. What else would you use cannon fuse for? But of course, our you know they they start doing the fishing. They kill the the one of the last two, and who's left? Stumpy. Stumpy. Stumpy our, our, ain't gonna fall for it. Yep. Stumpy is the smart one. He's he's a smart little thing. He's he survived this far, so it's another tension building scene because. It spits out the bomb when they're fishing for it, and everybody just kind of spreads. I well, find it's it, all the other bombs, too. Yeah. So it, it's a big explosion. <laughs> He's a great shot. He hits right on target. It ricochets off and hits right in the bag of bombs. Mm -hmm. uh, but I like how it spreads everybody out. And Kevin Bacon and and uh, Fred Ward are so far away from the rocks after this. Like, And it seems like there should have been a little bit of a bigger explosion. Like, it probably should have... Decimated, decimated those, those rocks. rocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I did I do like that they established that the bombs send them away from things and like hurt like hurt their senses in a way. Mm -hmm. Because I was thinking as the last part of this goes down, when Kevin Bacon decides this thing's smart and it's gonna outsmart us, we've got to do something about it. I'm gonna make a go for it. He's got the last bomb left in his hand, and I got a goddamn plan. <laughs> I just like it when he says before that the this bastard ain't smarter than us. Yeah. <laughs> and he takes off running. But he's running towards this cliff. And I'm thinking if these things are so smart and they've done they they've they've dug around this area for so long, they have to have a sense of where the cliffs in this area are and how to not you know navigate around them and not kill themselves. So the idea of him running towards this cliff for this thing to go out kind of struck me a little bit. But if you watch, they're running along the side of the cliff and then he throws the bomb. It it actually is pretty smart because he throws the bomb to disrupt its senses and that's what causes it to go through the cliff and actually go down. Right, it, it speeds up because he throws it behind it. So it's, He yeah. throws it behind him. Yeah, and it, and it, so it makes it shoot off and, and it doesn't have a chance to turn or anything. Right. And you get a great effect. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. When, when that thing busts out, and that's all miniature work, when that thing busts out of the hole and splats on the ground. And Can you fly, sucker? <laughs> <laughs> and they find... Stampede. Um, and that's it. Stampede. How, how many have to be involved to have a stampede? <laughs> Just one, apparently. Oh, and then we get back to town, and they're going to be famous. National Geographic and People Magazine. And yeah. Which they kind of go into a little bit in the second movie, I remember. Well, in the second one, there's a People Magazine cover framed on Earl's wall. Yeah. 
Earl Earl yeah. is the only one other than Michael Gross's character, but Earl is the only main character that ends up back in the second movie. And it's because yes. Kevin Bacon uh, or Val's character went on to do bigger, better things or mm-hmm. something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember if that one still takes place in Perfection, though. It's a, it's another small little oh don't yeah town, I don't think but. it I don't think it's still in Perfection, but it's been yeah because I think that's why Part Three is called Back to Perfection. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. right. I think it's in the same area or something, but it's not Perfection. But this whole time, Earl's been trying to nudge Val to to kind of go after Rhonda a little bit. You can tell she's smitten over him and he, I don't know why he's got the, I mean, be, maybe because it's not the perfect girl for him, but I don't know why he's got this reservation about, it. you can see throughout the movie, he's kind of starting I, to get the hots for her. Well, well, he says that she's smart. She's like, like got a PhD and stuff like, why would she want to have anything to do with a guy like me? Yeah. yeah I, for all his bluster about the perfect woman and all that kind of stuff, he's shy. He's afraid of rejection. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, you know, he, he, he's afraid to make a move there at the end and you it's kind of endearing because he's a little nervous and yeah yeah i mean at one point he did get her pants off in the middle of the movie yeah so it's true but yeah he they kiss and that's basically it roll the credits roll credits (laughs) how could they i don't think they ever expected this to become a franchise but it damn sure did um and I, and I think the original writers came back for the majority. I think the original writers ended up directing a couple of the sequels too, but I would be very interested to go through and watch some of the sequels, even as bad, you know, I know some of them are going to be very, very bad. I, I remember the second one not being all that great. I could definitely give a go for like two and three. After that, it probably gets so far away from what was good yeah. about it. And, and honestly, probably start to become the, like the sci-fi quality movies yeah. after that, yeah. <laughs> like Sharknado style. Um, there were surprisingly big gaps in between a lot of those sequels too. I think there was like a, like a seven year gap between a couple of the sequels and another big one between one of the, uh, later ones and the newer one. Uh, So they, they definitely try to find ways to come back to the idea, but I don't know. Uh, buy it, rent it, forget it. I'm going rental on this one. Yeah. I mean, it's a solid B movie. It's a pretty good B movie, but I think this is in the truest sense of the of the word B movie. Yeah. Like it's it's got some A A list actors in it or some bigger named actors in it, but it's got the heart of a B movie all the way through. Yeah. Yeah. So um I definitely I would purchase it because we did own it at one time on VHS. I just I couldn't find it to actually watch it on my VCR, but yeah, I owned it. I enjoyed it a lot as a kid. So I love that the guy that has the Arrow 4K says rent it. <laughs> We're not talking about me. I'm Busted. suggesting to people, if, you, if you're if you interested in this movie, rent it. I wouldn't say go out and buy it unless you have a, a love for collecting or a love for the movie. Yeah, as like, for, yeah, I and I tease you, but yeah, I'll say rent it as well. I don't think it's a must own. I own it because I, I love it, uh, but... But yeah, I mean, if you're talking recommendations, yeah, give give it a rent. Yeah. Give it a rent. So let's get to the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good, the bad, the ugly. Wee! <laughs> Did I go too loud? <laughs> Wee! Yeah, I think you've actually cut out the past couple of times. I have. I have. I, I gotta adjust my volume. <laughs> Wee! Who wants Wee! to start? I go. I want to go first. Can I go first? Jason, go. Uh, good. It's just a fun 
monster movie. It was one of those fun, just cool movies as a 13-year-old watching it. It was great. And I love the banter between Val and Earl through the, the whole movie. It's it's like that that buddy cop movie almost. It's kind of like Riggs and Murtaugh and stuff like that, you know, in the Lethal Weapon movies type thing. And, you know, the special effects. I mean, those practical effects of the Graboids were great for 1990. Yeah. I mean, they still stand up. I mean, some of the stuff doesn't stand up in the movie, but that does. Uh, I'll skip a bad because I'm going to go straight to ugly. And it's Kevin Bacon and his fucking horrible accent in this damn movie. <laughs> I can't stand the way he talks in this movie because you know that's not how Kevin Bacon <laughs> all these other movies. But that is some of the most horrible I'm in the country accent. I'm like, dude. Oh, I think that yeah. may be a lot of what lends itself to why I think he's not that good in this is, yes. is the bad accent. But I mean, Oh, it's horrible. Uh, that's bad but i'm being i'm I'm being playful i mean obviously kevin bacon's a good actor and he fits what's going on in this movie um oh yeah but i don't know i'll get to it with mine eric you want to go next yeah yeah i'll go uh let's see good bad ugly. good is val and earl and their dynamic uh i just enjoy watching them together their little arguments and trying to one-up each other all the time like when they you know uh uh, Val gets the gun he wants. Earl doesn't get the gun that he wants, but then he gets a better gun and kind of shoots him a glance, like, <laughs> "Yeah, I got the better gun." You know, just little moments like that in the heat of all this keeps the tone light and keeps things fun and, and moving around. Yeah. Bad is all the ADR and fixed f bombs that they that are <laughs> visibly changed in there, and <clears throat> and ugly is the composite shot in the basement. Looks super bad, like. I don't even need that shot. It's only about a second or two long. Yeah. Take it out. Cut it. It, it. Everything else looks great. That's really the only effect that I don't care for in the movie. So, boom. That's it. Jenny, how about you? Uh, good. The creature design for the Graboids. I yes. like them. Um, but hand in hand with that, the bad is Uh-oh. the blood effects uh, and the creature POV shots. <laughs> so it's a love-hate relationship with with them. I got gotcha. you. It works. I agree. I mean, you're going to hear a lot of repeat stuff here. Uh Kevin Bacon, uh Fred Ward, are, are, their dynamic is good. I like I like their banter, the Graboids design, all that good stuff. Um that's really what what makes it worth watching this movie is is the creature in my opinion and then the banter between them. Um not to not to say the acting is the best, but the banter between the two of them is very good. Mm-hmm. Um, bad and the, the bad and the ugly. I mean, the bad. I I, the, I think the score in this movie is bad. I can I could go without the score in this movie. It's 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 just a little too, I don't know, comical and doesn't doesn't fit for me. Maybe it fits the movie, but it doesn't it doesn't work for me very well. And the generic acting, like I, I think the the acting in this is very generic. Is the way I would. Would, would say it i mean it works for this movie the banter is there the, the and all of that but i th- i just feel like it comes across as generic especially from an actor like kevin bacon that we know has the chops um putting on a bad accent like that and and whatnot but i mean for the movie you know can't can't knock it too hard but that's what i would say 
So it's the great value version of acting. Well, Walmart great value. <laughs> yeah. Is that what you would say? Or is it more dollar store? It's Sam's choice. <laughs> Sam's choice <laughs> acting. Dr. Thunder. <laughs> well, even though this is a comedy horror in every sense of the word, there were some pretty good kills in this. So let's talk some of them. Talk kills. I think my favorite one in here is Fred when they discover Fred's head in the ground. Fred's head. <laughs> That's a it's it's a really cool it's a really cool makeup effect in there that I really like. I mean when I do think it's kind of bad that the hat is laying perfectly over his face and mm-hmm. then they move it in his head's there, but it makes for a really good look. I, I really like that a lot. So that would well, be that's mine. the, that's the, that's the humor in this movie. Yeah. You know? yeah, yeah you can't take sure. it too seriously, but yeah, I agree. So okay. who wants to go next? Eric, uh, I'll go. Jason, Eric, I'll go. fight, uh, fight to the death. Forty. Uh, I'm going to go. Cause we actually skipped it when we were talking about uh, Nestor on the tire. Yes, when he gets yes. pushed off of there, and of all the damn places, it's not the fact that it's like a top kill; it's the dumbest kill because he falls off of his camper and jumps on a tire <laughs> on there. And they even Just say, it's like, "You're gonna have half. to do, you're gonna have to do better than that." Let's do it. And it pull and it and it pulls him through. Uh, also, the doctor Jim and the wife. But I'm gonna go. With something I'm sorry, different. you have to pick. A best no, kill, not no. list every kill in the movie. No, Jason. I was just agreeing that we love that kill, but I'm going to go one because it's not a person dying. I like it when the grab boy dies by running into the wall because that's a kill. Yeah, yeah. So when he dies, that's pretty. That's a pretty good one. But yeah, it's a good one. Okay, go ahead. Jason, Jason took mine. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. Which one did he take? Because he had which two. one? I had like ten. I like it when the grab boy runs into the wall. Okay, well, I, uh, I'm i going to go Walter just because it hit me oh. when I was a kid, and it is probably the most, like, gruesome on-screen yeah. kill, yeah. I think. Yeah. You know, he, he gets, you know, the, the, I don't know about that. When he puts his head up and he's got the blood coming out of his nose and he just gets slowly, like, you basically just go watch him get eaten by this thing. And I loved uh, Victor Wong so much as a kid that that just bummed me out. Yeah. I was like, oh, no. Walter's going down. So that's my favorite kill. It's it, pr- it is probably our our Quint scene in this. Like uh-huh. it's the equivalent of Quint oh, yeah, and Josh yeah. for sure. That's a good uh, point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, cuz it's even like picking him up and slinging him mm-hmm. in the yeah. door. I was like, wow. Another Jaws reference. Yep, yep. All right. Well, I'm all Land good sharks. stuff. I mean, that's going to do it for our discussion about Tremors tonight, guys. Uh and- Tremors, we did it. It's a fun movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I absolutely enjoyed watching it. And I was laughing pretty hard watching it as well. But um, Good stuff. And I watched this with uh, with Nev. My, uh, my She's 11. Mm-hmm. so And that was her first time watching it, my daughter. And uh, she enjoyed it as well. Did so any, did it's any, good. You know, it's PG-13. You know, nothing too bad. Did anything so, in it freak her out? No. No? No. I, I think, you know, it being during the day. Yeah. You know, I think if it was nighttime and creepy stuff, it might be more, but she was fine with it. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, Next week, we will be back with episode 20. And as we said at the beginning of the show, it's going to be our last movie of the week for about a month or so. Hopefully, we can get back on the horse and start doing those again fairly soon once we get settled in Georgia. Uh, But 
again, like we said, we're planning on doing a few things that we can release during that time. So you guys will have some stuff to listen to. But episode 20 is uh, going to be a big one for me and probably a big one for a lot of us. We may even have a special guest coming in to talk this one with us. But we're going to be talking Batman 89 next week. This, this one I've got, I've got quite a story for you. So, and I think our guest, if he comes on, has quite a story for it as well. So, I don't want to, I don't want to promise something that may or may not happen. It's just in talks right now, but we could have a guest for Batman eighty nine. So. That'll be fine, Batman. Either way, that'll be fine. Absolutely. But until next time, guys, thank you so much for listening and be kind. Rewind. We'll be with you next week. Bye. Yay! yay. Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> it's over. been listening to the vhs files podcast watch a few movies take a few notes if you like what you heard please subscribe and drop us a rating and a review wherever you get your podcast it was fun <laughs> send your questions comments and movie suggestions to vhs files podcast at gmail.com don't you blame the movies follow us on all social media outlets at vhs files podcast Movies don't create psychos. Check out our YouTube channel for more content. Movies make psychos more creative. Thanks for listening. Tonight we're doing we're talking like crispy chicken skin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, those are fabulous. It is legit. Give me a give me just a. It's going to be kind of gooey anyway. A box full of chicken skin. Ooh, crunchy. <laughs> I feel fabulous. <laughs>